The strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only and do not represent specific investment tax or estate planning advice. Investing carries an inherent element of risk and it is possible to lose principal and interest when investing in securities. No strategy can guarantee a profit or prevent against a loss. The views expressed represent the personal opinions of the presenter or the featured guests, not necessarily those of USA Financial or its affiliated subsidiaries. Any opinions or forecasting statements are subject to change at any time and without notice. John Cindia is an investment advisor representative of and advisory services are offered through USA Financial Securities, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Life Stages Advisory, Dean, and Remington are not affiliated with USA Financial Securities. Welcome to episode number 40, WTF, Wealth Taxes and Finances. I'm your host, John Cindia, certified public accountant and personal financial specialist. And he came from behind the camera this week. It's, Hello. It's Dean. Remington is off camping in Michigan, I think. Yeah. Lucky him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. So we're doing another episode. What we thought we would do is get a little idea of what it is that you have to do to retire early, retire, or can you even retire? Okay. We'll just hit a little bit of everything. I hope I can retire someday. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. The, uh, the situation currently, um, people talk about retirement all the time. And the problem that I've seen over the last 25, 30 years of uh, doing financial planning and tax work is that people just aren't consistent. Uh, they're not consistent with saving. They're not consistent with spending. And you, it comes down to a budget, discipline, and habits. And uh, you can have a budget, and it can be flexible. And you can have habits, but they, you have to adhere to them, and you have to maintain them. And, and I think that uh, the unfortunate part is that nobody even knows where to start. What are you doing at this point uh, to hopefully retire and if, if so, how old are you now? 22. You're 22. And you want to retire when? Ideally. I have no idea. <laughs> Ideally, I'd like to retire before I'm 50. Okay. That would be ideal. Um, I think for a lot of people, that's probably still a long shot. Mm -hmm. But I think it just depends on between investments and uh, real estate properties and, mm -hmm. and things I'd like to own by that time. I think it would be achievable. Well, look at it this way. You got 28 years. Okay. And, and I think if you look at it and you look at it properly, um, real estate, there's what I've noticed is, uh, if people are into real estate, they're into real estate. In other words, they don't just have maybe one or two properties. They've got five or more and they've normally purchased them, uh, at some type of sheriff sale. They've got them on, uh, they've been repossessed. Um, or, you know, sometimes you can walk into something and find a good deal. But for the most part, you know, you've got to, you're going to have to do your homework to find a decent property, <laughs> right? you know, to do something like that. But the ones who have done it, you know, are, are, uh, are pretty successful. And I think, you know, there again, it goes into the allocation of, of everything that you've got as far as assets and other investments. And I think the, the hardest part is that nobody knows where to start. And it's like, 
you know, you got all these rules of thumb that, you know, save 10% uh, of, of your paycheck and, you know, um, do certain things, uh, watch your spending and, and all that. But I, I think what you really need to do is start, if, you, if you're working and you've got a 401k or 403b, start with at least the matching of that. And so, in other words, if your company matches three or four percent, at least withhold three or four percent so that they they match that. That's free money. All right. And then after that, I think you what you need to do. Everybody always wants to buy a new car or look for you know a better rental property uh, to to rent to live in or a house or something like that. And the unfortunate thing is that when you start getting money and you get a little bit of freedom. You go crazy, and you just go on a spending spree. And I think right. everybody's used to doing that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Know? And, you know, I think you really have to uh, be um, disciplined, like I said before. But believe it or not, when I first got out of high school, it was the first three months, I had this job in a factory, and I made I was making 100 bucks a week. And believe it or not, I had more money in my pocket making a hundred bucks a week than I think I've ever had since then. <laughs> because, you know, I had a, a used car that was paid for. I was still living at home and I hadn't started school yet. Uh, I started school that fall. And when I did, I got another job at another manufacturing company and I was making about 125 a week, but I was able to buy a new car I still lived at home. I paid for all my school as I went. And a couple of years later, then I bought a house. And my first house, believe this or not, it was livable. Uh, $26,500. When was this? Uh, geez, now, I'm gonna, now you're going to make me do that. Uh, that was in 1975. So what would you yeah. say that would be that how much was it again? 20 265. So what would you say that's probably roughly like a 50 or $45,000 home now or Um I think the last time I saw that property it sold for about 90. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it was $167 a month house payment. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> My dad thought I was nuts cuz their house payment was $99. They had purchased a, a home years before that for $10,000, and it was $99. And I remember when they had the, uh, they, they burnt the mortgage when they paid it off and everything, you know, <laughs> and it was, it was hilarious. But um, so I had $167. I had a $99 car payment. I bought a new Plymouth Valiant. It was a 74. And I had, so I had a new car, had a new, what, well, new house, but it was a house. And um, three-bedroom ranch, lived there by myself, and then um, I was paying for school, too. So I was living large, yeah. $600 a month, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was like, oh, man. But now I sit there and I go, you know, $167, you know, the house payment's like 10 times that now. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, you're finding a house for 167 bucks a month now <laughs> unless it's run down and yeah. needs $40,000 worth of work. Exactly, exactly. The um, So I think everything is, uh, it, everything's relative, you know. So if you're looking at it back then, it was 167 bucks. 
you know, a lot of house payments are $1,600. Do you have to have $1,600 house payment? You know? No, you don't. And I think that's, that's the thing is, you know, you don't need to compromise lifestyle, but you know, you don't need to also keep up with the Joneses and the next door neighbors and and everything else. And I think, you know, it's always been either peer pressure or some type of pressure that's put people into the situations that they're into. Well, nowadays it's social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're seeing all your friends are doing big lavish things. They're going on big vacations. They're doing all that type of stuff. And you're like, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. I need to maintain that lifestyle. And what ends, what ends up happening is people start making more money and they start spending more. Mm-hmm. So they're making 30 they're spending all of it. Then they start making 40. They're spending all of it. They mm-hmm. start making 50. They're spending all of it. New house, new car, all this stuff, new clothes every single time. So kind of have to be able to maintain that, that low. You need to find what your set is. Mm-hmm. If your set is, I, I maintain a $50,000 a year lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Stay at that. So when you start making 60, you start making 70, you start making 80, you start making six figures invest all that money right all and, that extra just goes into into your savings or into investing and you know what the the problem that has been is when i was making thirty thousand dollars i thought boy if i could make fifty thousand right now i'd be set you know and i think it would have worked if i was able to make get all my raises up front because i was used to 30 and i could have just socked the 20 away the problem is that you'll make 30 and then you'll get a raise and it's 32. Right. And then you'll get one and it's 35. You might switch a job and you go to 40, 45 and you just try to upgrade a little. And it's it's almost like bracket creep with, you know, taxes. You know, you make a little bit more and all of a sudden, you know, there's less and less there. Right. But it's the same thing with earning that because there again, the discipline's not there and the habits. So it's like, oh, well, it's only a couple grand. It's like, it's no big deal. But- five eight years of that it's 15 or twenty thousand you're talking about a lot of money yeah and you're you still haven't saved anything more no, than what you were been, doing before you're just you know? spending more money now exactly <laughs> you know it's like i got a, a newer car you know maybe uh got a, a better rental uh, property that i moved into uh or i'm still renting as opposed to buying a house or anything and um so i think there's a lot to be said for uh you know building that structure and setting a foundation for yourself because if you can set aside and and you don't want to make it painful and you don't want to sit here and eat ramen noodles like you continue to do after <laughs> no. after college right but you sit here and you say okay i can establish a certain level i'm not going to be um, you have to pay yourself and give yourself some current gratification because a lot of people get into that point and it's, it's delayed need gratification. It's like, I want it and I want it now. It's JG Wentworth. It's <laughs> yeah. my money and I want it now, you know, <laughs> so whatever it is. But, um, I, I think you have to, uh, you have to go there, start with 10%, see how it feels, maybe 15, 20%. So I to take a month or two to see what's, what's there. And then when you do get that raise, and you have that, then you can establish that right ingrained into yourself and right. saying, okay, now I'm here. I want to, you know, save the, all the rest of this money. And at some point, you know, uh, you get a raise, you switch a job or whatever. You have to establish that and get it down and maintain that right at that point. Yep. And then you can start, you know, start by uh, building up that uh, safety net, the savings account and all that. 
putting the other money, matching up at least that 401, that 403B, and then start putting some money aside. And with rates being so low, if you can get you know rental property, you you have to be able to do a lot of that stuff yourself, you know, at first and everything. You then mean in, in terms of maintaining the property, maintaining itself, the property, and, getting yeah. used to you know if somebody's calling it you know two o'clock in the morning Dealing because the pipes and, burst in the in the winter right, time or right. something like that, and you know maintaining the grass and doing whatever because uh, you know you might have somebody else go out there and say well you know I'm going to get some kid to cut the grass. There's another expense that you know is eating away at your profit on, might on only, all this. It stuff. might only be a couple bucks, you know, a week, right? But still, it, all that type of stuff adds up. So. Exactly. So you know, there's there's more investment in there. There's uh, you know, get your lawn tractors. You're going to have to do uh, some of the plowing. You know, if uh, if you've got uh, driveways in there, you know, for that, um, you got to maintain everything. The appliances in there. You got to look at the roof. You got to do all that. So you got to be able to do a lot of that stuff on your with yourself at first. And then, you know, once you get and acquire some, maybe one a year, I've had uh, clients that, uh, you know, bought uh, two or three at one time. Somebody was selling them, they purchased them. And then after that, they would, you know, try to acquire one a year. And then they got into multi-unit properties. Some of them are single housing, some are duplexes, and they get four units. Um, A few of them have some apartment buildings and that. And, you know, once you get to that point, I've got uh, some, you know, 50, 60 different properties in that. That's crazy. With, uh, you know, total units are 80 to 100 Between like units. Like a whole apartment building or things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of four units and things like that. So once you have that, um, they're doing, you know, they're doing well. Um, and it's, um, I've had some that are in the college areas so that, you know, they're used to the uh, college kids uh, renting, renting those out, out yeah. you know, so they know there's going to be repairs there, right. you know, and stuff, uh, just from the living, the abuse, they don't even have to have the parties or anything. Right. But know? I guess the good, the good side of that is those homes are usually pretty cheap mm-hmm. and they're usually pretty big too. Yeah. Especially like around us, University of Akron, Kent state, mm-hmm. there's some, some pretty large houses there that might sell for 60, 70 grand and might need a little bit of work and move some kids in there. They don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got four walls. They're on their own. They, yeah, they got, it's got four walls, and <laughs> that's about all they need. They yeah. don't need anything else. Beer and ramen noodles, that's <laughs> it. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, but I think, good. I think one thing um, that was kind of hard for me to overcome was starting that 401k. Mm-hmm. When you're not making a whole lot of money and you're taking out a small portion, it's a little – it's a it's a leap to get over, mm-hmm. but now that I've done it, there is no way and no way I would remove. I'm doing five percent right now. Okay, company doesn't match, but that five percent I would never pull out. Yeah, what am I going to do with fifty, sixty bucks? Right, really, right. Spend it on a tank of gas or buy some food out one night. Like, it, save or look elsewhere. Exactly. When it comes to that money, don't be so deterred by the fact that you're pulling out a little bit when you don't make a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Because I just, I just know in, in some time in the future, I don't know when it'll be, but when I go to look at that money, I'll be like, wow, good job, Dean. You mm-hmm. <laughs> you started saving way earlier than a lot of other people do. Well, when you, like you say, it, it, it only, it's really not hard, but it feels hard. Yes. So when you first did it. Oh, yeah. Because it's a leap of faith, basically, because I haven't done this before. And if I do that, where's that going and what's going to happen? I'm going to lose it all. And now I can't get access to it and it's like 
shut up and just do it. Right, right? just do it. <laughs> just, just do it. Get it over with. Yeah, and once it's there and you get the raise, you know, and you're taking out a percentage, guess what? You go, and it's not a flat 50 bucks. Do the percentage because if you get the raise, it takes that in account. And it's done automatically. Right, yep. Percentage goes, percentage stays the same, but your investment goes up. Exactly. So you make a 10% raise, you know, you're adding a little bit of dollars to that, exactly. that investment. So it does it for you because if, if you do 50 bucks a pay and you made 20 grand and now you make 50 grand, you're still doing 50 bucks a pay. You're not getting anywhere. Yeah, you're not getting anywhere with that. So the percentage is, is a, a great way to do that. Yep. And then, and almost do it. If you're doing it 5% beginning of the year, go to 6%. And then just do a 1% a year to, you know, four I'm or five 100%. years. Yeah, you're a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be retired before that. <laughs> You'd be about what 122 or something like that. Do they have cutoffs for how much you can put in? Is it dependent of like who you uh, like who the investments are through, or or how's that work? Like, no, if it's I, an it's an annual amount, and right now it's uh, let's see, eighteen five nineteen thousand, I think this year, and then five grand if you're over fifty to catch up. So it'd be nineteen. I think it's, it's like 24, 24 grand. 25 grand. So, okay. So, so you could do that. Like someone at my age wouldn't be able to invest any more than $19,000. Right. If you put the whole thing in. Right. Right. So you could do, I mean, if you made 19, um, you could put 19 away, you know, so at that you could point. do a hundred percent if I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, I mean, not that that would be like an intelligent by any means, yeah. but. <laughs> but you could, you know, you could do that. And then, uh, whatever the percentage is, if they're, you say they're not, um, my company doesn't match. They're not doing any match right now. Um, so once you end up having that, um, if they'd ever do that, that would be, you know, it's all free money. Right. You know, at that point. Um, but once you end up getting to that point, then it's a matter of saying, okay, put a goal of 7 to 10% away and then start a non-qualified um, that would be after-tax mm -hmm. savings account uh, and in some investments and maybe some of that real estate or or whatever from there and um but i i think you know every once in a while you'll see somebody wanting to retire at 30 40 this fire the um what did we were talking a about financial independence retirement early retirement early and uh, so it's a lot of millennials and i think gen xers are looking at that i think they're targeting mainly at least the gen xers probably targeting 50 and uh some of the um you know, some of the millennials are looking at maybe 30, 35, something like that. But um, I, I think it's doable, but it's all relative. Yeah, it just depends on your lifestyle. Like Exactly. The, uh, for more, for like a, a closer example, there's a, a Reddit. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Reddit, but there is a, a, a subreddit. It's called uh, Financial Independence. And there was a, a gentleman on there. He's a truck driver. There what did he say? It was 24 years 20, old? 24. Yeah, 24 yeah. years old, planning to retire <clears throat> when he's 30. Uh, he moved to the U.S. from India, uh, didn't have a whole lot of money when he lived in India, um, and came here and uh, got himself a his Class A CDL. Mm -hmm. And he just started driving and living out of his truck for a company. Didn't have mortgage, didn't have rent, didn't have anything besides, uh, I think he said, just food and Netflix. And mm -hmm. that was it. That's all he had. <laughs> and living, living in the truck, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, <clears throat> you're, when your expenses are <laughs> maybe two or 300 bucks a month, and mm -hmm. that's it. You yeah, know, exactly. For food, um, do pretty good. So, um, but he comes from that, you know, that society of not really having a whole lot. And 
a lot of those folks who live over there don't have anything. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are homeless or they make, you know, pennies on the dollar. They don't make anything. So, uh, well, anyways, his his plan is basically he's, he's uh, saved up money from living in this truck and he went and bought himself a truck and a trailer and uh, just doing over the road driving, stuff like that. And uh, what did we say he was netting like? 260 uh, yeah he was grossing like 250 260 okay, and he okay. was he was netting after taxes and all of his expenses and everything around 120 right so yeah he's he's bringing home 120 a year it's, that's really good money and oh, uh, yeah. he's basically he's just he's saving all that money and he's going to put it into some real estate mm-hmm. and uh, try to make some passive income uh through a few properties and then uh, his his plan it sounds good on book <laughs> it really does it makes me want to start driving a truck <laughs> uh, but he's he's planning to um you know, what did he say four investment properties four yeah one every other year yeah and then he so he'd be making four thousand dollars a month so he's looking at about a thousand dollars a month in rent um he's be looking passive income four thousand a year or four thousand a month sorry and um he'll be looking to move back to India and just use that money. And he said, "What he could he could live there for a thousand a month." Yeah, he said you'd live like a king there for two grand. Yeah. So I mean, four grand a month would be, you know, extremely optimal for him. Exactly. Um, but I mean, in retrospect, four thousand dollars a month in the U.S. is good money. Yeah, it's good money. I think. I mean, I think a lot of people wouldn't have a problem with retiring on that if they didn't want a Lambo after they retired. Yeah. Or a six hundred thousand dollar house, or something. If you're not you know, doing crazy. a lot of traveling, or you don't, you know, you don't have golf or any expensive uh, hobby, then you know you have to pour money into constantly. And that's why I said it. It's sort of relative because, you know, I've got people that think that they're going to uh, retire off, you know, and have a hundred, hundred fifty thousand a year, and they have no savings yet, and they're fifty five years old. Chances are it's not going to happen. You know, you're going to keep working. You're going to be working for a long, long time. And I got news for you. You won't be uh, at that hundred, hundred fifty thousand range either. But uh, then you got the people on the other end of that extreme that, you know, like this guy can live off of a thousand dollars a month. He'll probably have four thousand. The, the thing is that, um, I mean, he's not even looking at Social Security or anything else. He's got passive income from the real estate. Yep. So, I mean, nothing wrong with that. Just has to be sustainable and, you know, be able to uh, maintain that. And and I think that's um, part of that, uh, uh, making sure you don't have all your money in, in, you know, one area. All your eggs in one basket. You, you got it. All your money in the savings or all your money in real estate. You got it kind of spread out. Yeah, you got to diversify and allocate that uh, toward different types of investments. Uh, the passive side on some real estate is good. Uh, you've got some investments. Uh, one of the previous episodes was talking about is maybe paring down uh, getting into a little bit more cash, a little bit more uh, secure uh, dividend type paying stocks, something like that that's sustainable. Uh, get a little bit of that um, uh, speculation off the table. Yep. Um, you know, there again, it's it's in control and doing something that makes sense. And if the other thing is we we're talking about, um, if you don't have anyone to talk to, that's what we're here for. We Dean was talking. He said he'd like to throw some you know, ideas around. And if he doesn't have anybody to bounce them off of, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. It makes things a little difficult. If you yeah. don't have anyone to say, Hey, I have this idea or, Hey, this is bothering me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, uh, it could be a, um, a financial checkup. It could be a mental 
check up just to see if you're thinking properly. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you if you're on the right track or not, <laughs> or if you're crazy. It's like we don't, you know, really cut any, split any hairs here no. from that standpoint. It's like uh, it's either smart or it's stupid. And, right. You know, there's no in between. That's right. Yeah, that's okay. No, it's not. It's bad. Yeah, there's no <laughs> or gray, it's good. There's no gray, stupid area. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's all dumb. Okay. Um, but I think uh, talking through that, you just really have to sit down and uh, go through your monthly expenses. Uh, see what you're doing from a standpoint of actual monthly income. Um, you know, I've had to do it here in the last uh, month or so. Brought my uh, mom uh, back from the nursing home into the house. Uh, we were able to arrange something with some, uh, uh individuals that will, are, uh, living with her now, uh, paying them much less than the nursing home. And we had to set up a budget, uh, my brother and sisters and I, and I was working on that, got their, um, incomes in line, got all the expenses and everything and, uh, checking out now to see, uh, we can even save maybe another three, four hundred dollars a month because of the tax consequences. They don't need to have any withholding because of where their income limits are. And they were having some withholding coming out. So why should we wait for like three thousand dollars in a refund during tax season when we can use that three hundred fifty dollars, four hundred dollars a month now? Right. So, you know, it's just looking at things and going, oh, OK, I, I didn't think that was this much. And even on my own side, since this COVID has hit, we, we used to go out a couple, at least two times a week, okay, my wife and I. And we'd go with another couple, meet with them maybe once a week, and then uh, have another couple or, or some other friends that we'd go. Right. So two at minimum, sometimes three times a week. And it wasn't anything spectacular, but the thing is that it added up. And I had a figure in mind, figuring, you know, we're probably dropping four or 500 bucks a month. And a couple of those months were up around $1,700 a month just to go out to eat. Right. We're just going out to eat and, and I'm drink sitting there. and, and be yeah, done with it. Exactly. And it's <laughs> right. like, you know, but it was our social entertainment. Uh, that's what we did. And because we didn't have a lot of other things that we were doing, just, you know, working or during tax season, it's cold. So you're not doing much. You got, you can't go outside a lot. So, um, you know, we'd eat. Right. You know, everybody loves to eat. <laughs> and you talk and you have fun and whatever. But, um, when I finally went back through and was looking at some of that stuff, it's like, man, I was creeping up there. Yeah. And now we've only gone out in the last five months, probably I think three times and we've eaten outside and we're doing more stuff at home. Uh, there again, like everybody else is, you know, we're redoing a kitchen at this point and you know, that should be it for the house. Then we've done everything. One major project, uh, every year for about the last five or six years. So now everything will be done. And hopefully that'll that'll be over with. Now we'll just entertain, but we can do entertaining at the house a lot cheaper than and it's gonna cost us seven hundred bucks right, a week yeah. to <laughs> going out spend a hundred dollars for a meal. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. So um I, I think everybody can have a wake up call just to go back through that budget and it doesn't hurt to review it every six months or so. You know, just have it set. We just did a quick one on Excel and set it up with my mom and that and we got it set up and you know we're ahead of schedule right now already the first month so my sister and i talked yesterday and we're going to tweak it out and we know exactly where we're going to be here going forward so it makes us both feel a lot more comfortable and uh we you know we've got everything uh, everything handled but it really starts with a budget if you don't know what your income is you don't know what you're spending 
you can't get there from here if no. you're going to try and save anything. So, you know, I think that's um, that's definitely a um, situation that you want to want to get into. But um, can I retire? Am I going to be able to retire? <laughs> trick question. Yeah, trick question. Yeah. I'll probably never retire. When we're on episode 1000 of the podcast, we <laughs> yeah. can go over that again. Yeah, we'll go back and revisit for number now. 40, right? Yeah, for now. <clears throat> no. But I figure, <laughs> yeah, I figure I'll be doing this for quite a while yet because uh, I enjoy it. It's uh, it's fun. And, you know, what else am I going to do? I don't want to quit this and then go get a job making $10 an hour greeting somebody somewhere. It's <laughs> You're like, going to work at Walmart. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to do that. I don't look good in an apron, but uh, unless I'm cooking or, or grilling, I guess. But uh, yeah, if you have any questions, uh, we'd like to get some thought-provoking uh, conversations going here. Just uh, think a little bit more about that, uh, you know, what it's going to take to try and retire. Get that budget set up first. Start just start with baby steps, trying to uh, set up 5% or whatever and add 1% a year. Um, you don't have to do a lot just to make an impact on, on what's happening. And then once you start that two, three months down the road, when you see that next statement coming in and going, geez, I've actually got some money in here and everything. Right. And, and uh, just do it systematically. It's like I talked to in a previous episode about dollar cost averaging. That's exactly what you're doing. It's a perfect way to start and get set up and uh, just, you know, keep going from there and start uh, branching out into some real estate or some other passive investments and uh, some other non-qualified uh, items of the brokerage account. So um, till next time, you know, uh, we hope uh, you like us, you love us, uh, give us some love there on the on the channels and stations and and everything. Please email us, jcindia at lifestagesadvisory.com. Give us any comments, any suggestions or topics that you'd like to hear about. And uh, we'll definitely like to uh, put a podcast out there and, and uh, entertain and inform you. Thank you very much.